for the Indians. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. Well, my jaw dropped. I had to do a double take. I had to squeegee all three of my eyes clean when I looked at the TV set on Sunday night. And I was like, oh, my God, what is Matt Zimmer doing in Taylor Swift's suite at the Buffalo game? He's got his shirt off. He's yelling. He's screaming. He's getting into the stands. He's chugging beers and slamming them down. He's going off the hook. And it uh, turns out that was just Jason Kelsey. But, wow, what uh, – what an adventure that must have been. Welcome back from Buffalo. How was Buffalo? How were you? It was great. Yeah. It was great. I yeah. love how uh, when I was younger and I played quarterback in football, I was often, and I was an undersized quarterback, often compared to other quarterbacks or running backs in football. Now in the last 10, 15 years, I'm often compared to offensive linemen. <laughs> Funny how that has happened over the course of the last 20 years. Uh, Jason Eck asked me a couple years oh. ago, he goes, Zip, did, did you play offensive line in high school? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe that's a problem because offensive linemen these days are not as fat. They're just big and strong well, I'm and kind of fat. So, uh... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that was... That was so fun, so entertaining, and I—I uh, I don't know. It just it, everybody, everybody liked it, which was interesting because, as some tweeters pointed out, like everybody loves the the constant. Everybody loves the shots of the reaction shots of Jason Kelsey, right, shirtless and clearly inebriated. Also knowing what he's doing because he has a marketing brand with his brother and a podcast. So this Mm -hmm. is all totally concocted. But still, isn't that fun? And yet, everybody just was so tired and hates it so much when you you jump back and see what Taylor Swift is is reacting to. So, but I will say this, it did, uh, I think, uh, speaking on behalf of everybody, whether you were tired of Taylor Swift or not at these Chiefs games... It gave everybody something fresh and fun to mm-hmm. uh, to enjoy while watching a football game. Yeah. <laughs> the only part that I, like, when it cut to Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes tackled her, like, could that have been a more obvious, contrived, I know I'm on camera right now, yeah. so I'm trying to, like, I am tired of Brittany Mahomes. I'm not tired of Taylor Swift. I'm tired of Brittany Mahomes. Okay. <laughs> Taylor Swift is talented. I may not be a fan, but I can at least acknowledge that she did something to earn where she is. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think Britney's enjoying... I, everyone is wondering... Yes. Everybody, Pretending to be friends with the most famous person yeah. in America. Yes. She's clearly enjoying that. For I think for a while, judging by the body language of the constant shots we used to see early in the season of, of Taylor and Britney and these two, like for a while she kind of had a, very much an inferiority complex. Like, hey, I'm the star here. I'm mm-hmm. the... And then when she realized who she's hitching her wagons to, I think she's embraced
embracing it and owning it and enjoying it. She's now hitching her wagons to Patrick Mahomes and Taylor Swift. How awesome is that? Mm-hmm. And now, to your point, she's playing it up. I, can you can you blame her? I don't know. You're How, a little I, more sympathetic to <laughs> Mrs. Mahomes than I am. <laughs> what, did you see Quarterback or something on Netflix? I did. She okay. didn't come off that. I'm not is saying I hate her guts. I just like... That it, it's pretty obvious, you know. Plus, Jackson Mahomes does it too. I mean, it's just sort yeah. of like, well, I kind of feel bad for Patrick sometimes. I do too. I, when it comes to Jackson, I do too. And and I didn't see the whole thing, but I I saw the first couple episodes with Brittany, and I didn't think she was that impressive initially, and nothing swayed me. Like I, I, I am not a, a fan of Taylor Swift's music. Like I I for the most part dislike it. And you're married to someone who is. Yes, Jen's a big fan. Yeah, she won't but, call herself a. Swiftie. But having said all that, like. It couldn't be more obvious to me that she seems like a really decent person. Yeah. She does not act like she's the center of attention when she's there. She seems to genuinely just being enjoying watching the football yes. game. There was something on Twitter about how after the game, she's the one who goes around and picks up everyone's bottles and throws them in the trash because everyone else is such an asshole. They're just like, ah, you know, yeah. the hired hands will do it. No, the billionaire pop star will go around and clean up after everyone because she's got manners. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm a little bit more team T-Swift as a person, even though I still think her music stinks. Well, well I saw something, and not, it was a meme with a quote, but I, I, I trusted it, uh, that Jason, Jason, Jason and Travis Kelsey's dad, who I didn't know existed because all we see is the Kelsey's mom all the time, mm-hmm. but, uh, but his dad was at one of these games at Arrowhead when Taylor Swift was in the suite, and he said the same things that you did. He didn't mention the picking up the trash, mm-hmm. but he just said she couldn't be more... Genuine, nice, kind, mm-hmm. normal, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And these are the Kelseys, and the, bro- the both of these brothers seem very raw and real and like real mm-hmm. dudes. That's part of their brand, right? Not a lot of pretension, and that uh, that it actually seems to be like. And so this comes from their parents, and her, their dad was like, "No, she's she's mm-hmm. the real deal. She's a real deal." So that's nice. Did you see uh, some reporter? tweeted or said something about remember when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and Kelsey was dressed up in the parade and do you remember that? He had the big get up in the parade. That was a long time ago. Yeah, he gave kind of a drunken speech in Philadelphia. I asked him how many beers had you had before you did that and I think he said like eight or ten or something and then they go okay so on a scale of one to ten how drunk were you after having eight ten beers and everything? He goes "Eh, five. Yeah. Yes. It's like, that's my kind of guy. Yeah, uh, definitely like, one uh, of those yeah. guys. That's, that's, no wonder. Yeah. We all know those guys. They yeah. can go all day long, and and they just that's that's just normal <laughs> to them. I had, I, have a, I had a boss who was a friend uh, from one of my previous jobs years ago uh, who is a total Minnesota polar bear, you know, hunter, fisher, mm-hmm. ice fisher, a, a snowmobiler, just a total Minnesotan outdoors embraces the whole thing. And... Uh, and along with that goes, he, he's a big, fat, hairy man. And he just, uh, he said, he, I, I noticed right away whenever I went out with him, he never drank beer. It was always something in whiskey. Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. And I was like, what? And he's just like, do you not like beer? He's like, it's not like I don't like beer. It just doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't, you know, like it doesn't, I don't, I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't give me a buzz. I have too high of a tolerance to drink beer. That's a thing. And I'm like, wow, that is impressive. You, uh, congratulations to you. So, uh, but what, what I what, what I appreciate about you, Matt Zimmer, is um, that it's you're annoyed. Well, I'll ask you. I'll ask you because things change. 
You're not annoyed by Taylor Swift and all the cutaways. Um, I genuinely like them. Like yes, I said, yes. You know, you're the like. R- yeah. like wh- why wouldn't we think it's fun to see people having a good time at the game? I think I think you we know? can rip the I, bandaid off, and it's political for most people. I think it, right. Everything pol- politics cuts into something everywhere, and we know where she sits on the political aisle. And we know where I a lot of football she's fans sit. She's not that sit. loud about it. I she's just think not. Nowadays, so many conservatives, like, don't you get tired of updating your list of people that you're supposed to be against? And yeah. most conservatives are not like that. But these yeah. are people who are trying to make money off of being angry on the internet yeah. and getting other people riled up. Well, that was my point. I, I, you know, I don't I try to stay away from politics because nobody gives a shit what I think about right? politics, so why would I care what anybody else does? But, like, I think that's a bullshit reason to be mad about Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like, again, how 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 many how long is the list going to be for you people that yeah. you have to? Oh, she one time voted for a Democrat, or she drinks Bud Light, yeah. so up oh, she's off my list. I can't listen to her music, can't go to her movies, can't buy her stuff. Like, fuck off. Yeah, you know. And the same people who felt this way, I'm just guessing, loved the Jason Kelsey thing, yeah. uh, which is generally the same. Or love thing. when Kid Rock gets a. AR-15 yeah. and blows up bottles of beer. Whatever. Anyway, yes, yeah. uh, we'll move on. Uh, but uh, so, so my next question to you is: Do you still have severe Chiefs fatigue since they yes they eked one yes, out? And I was they rooting keep hard going. for the Bills. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Well, I was not here, uh, uh, but apparently at the Gateway Lounge, it's the 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 Chiefs fatigue is growing. Uh, this is a fun place to go for a Chiefs game because if you're a Chiefs fan, they, they make no bones about it. Jackson, who's the manager, big Chiefs fan. It's a Chiefs bar. It's a Chiefs congregation place, which has done, which is, which has been a great thing for the last six years. It also, according to Jackson, on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday night with the Bills game, has become somewhat of a place where, okay, it's everybody knows it's a Chiefs bar, so the Chiefs trolls come in, and uh, mm-hmm. it was an interesting. Mm-hmm. It sounded like it was mostly fun, but you know. Uh, that's what you got now, and I think I think it's a microcosm of the NFL world because here the Chiefs are in their sixth straight championship game. They're mm-hmm. looking to go to a what a fourth Super Bowl in those six years because they lost one of those Super Bowls. Um, and as a Chiefs fan, it's very bizarre because just six years ago I was living in the Vikings fan world of woe is us, and we always slip on the banana peel, and now everyone hates us. I don't you think know, it's bizarre. I mean, you know. There's people around here that hate the Vikings just because this is Vikings country. There's people that still hate the Cowboys, even though they haven't been in an NFC Championship game for 25 years. People that hate the Packers because Brett Favre, who's been retired for 15 years. You know, um, there's always... I I, I am always surprised when any fan of any team says... Why would you root against us? Why, do, like, even right now, Lions fans, like, how could anyone not root for the Detroit Lions? I don't know. Have you ever met Stu Whitney? There's plenty of reasons to not root for the Detroit Lions. Or name a team. You know, there's any. You can find a reason to hate any team. I, I, whenever. I mean, you just said like this is bizarre. No, it's not. It's not bizarre. This is the NFL. Fans. Every fan has a favorite team, and then their favorite teams to hate, and they probably enjoy hating those teams more than they enjoy rooting for their favorite team. Uh, especially when your favorite team is knocked out of contention. Then it's just Even easy. more, yep. Isn't it easier, and I don't know what this says about us as humans as a species, isn't it easier to latch on to a team to root against than it is to latch on to a team to to ride the rest of the way that's not your team. I think a lot of people yeah, are. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people are hitching their wagons to the Lions, but this is a, they're like a unicorn. I mean, in most years, it's more yeah. like you survey the field and you go, eh, 
Yeah, I don't see anything like historical like the Lions. It's more get the cow- let's get the Cowboys eliminated. Let's get the Packers yeah. eliminated. Let's get the Chiefs and the Patriots eliminated. And, and yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Every, everyone sort of has does that on some level. Um, as a Vikings fan, you know, I've never watched a Super Bowl with a rooting interest. Um, when the Vikings do get eliminated, I I never like okay, well now I'm rooting for this team. You know, I you know I just watch for fun. Um, I was mostly kidding about the stew crack. I mean, I'm sort of caught up in the Lions thing. It's a pretty cool story, seeing the way the city of Detroit, the state of Michigan, has rallied around. You know, my former girlfriend Steph. I set foot in Michigan many times because of her. So you know, have an appreciation, I guess, for that. It's it. You know, those are the teams that can be easy to root for if you're looking for someone to root for. I just don't really do that. You know. I was kind of rooting for the Packers the other night just because Tucker Craft is on the team, ah. you know, and I covered him for three, four years, and, I, you know, I got to know him pretty well. I know his, his mother and his brothers and his stepdad, you know. It's like it's kind of hard to root against somebody that you've, you know, gotten to know that well, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly stopping short of, well, I'm a Packers fan now, but it's a lot harder for me to hate them yeah. than it was when he was on the team. And, again, you're a Vikings fan. Yeah. You have every reason to hate the Packers yeah, wholeheartedly. so, I don't know, I mean – Plus, you know, the older you get, the more other things come into your life. We've talked about this over and yes. over again. Yes. These things mean a little bit less to you. Yeah. Um, you know, when the Vikings lost in the playoffs last year, I went over to Buddy's house to watch with a couple of my old high school friends. And, you know, these are guys I've known forever. And it was kind of funny how they took that loss to the Giants so hard. And I was just like, Pfft. You know, and it, part of it was because yeah. I knew the Vikings were imposters last year. It's like, this is not a Super Bowl team. Like, are you really surprised? How can you be surprised? But part of it, too, is just like, this is not going to ruin my week, yeah. let alone my, my month, my year, whatever, right. where, where there was a time when it would. Yeah, you know? no, yeah, no doubt. And when it comes to me being a Chiefs fan, uh, same thing. As, it, as things were continuing to the early Andy Reid years where they were good and then they fil- flat, fell flat on their face in the playoffs pre-Mahomes, it was kind of like, I mean, there was part of me that was like, oh, you know, when are we ever going to get mm-hmm. to, when is it ever going to happen to us? But, you know, I was like 38, 39, 40 years old at the same time. I'm kind of like, oh, oh whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, they win the, the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Okay, that's cool. And so now, fast forward to two Super Bowl titles and, you know, the a generational quarterback that you just get to enjoy, whether you win or lose. It's just mm-hmm. fun to have that guy and get to wa- to get to watch him every week, no matter how good or bad the rest of the team is. But in Buffalo, it's like for me. Whereas five years ago, it'd be like uh, the, the, we're still doing the climb here. Now it's just it's all gravy because there's already been a couple playoff wins over Buffalo. One of them was like the greatest mm-hmm. ending and comeback mm-hmm. of a game of all time. Mm-hmm. There's two Super Bowls. They're supposed to lose to Buffalo. I was just I was prepared to lose and prepared to shrug my shoulders and go, well, there's still Patrick Mahomes for a while unless mm-hmm. he has a monstrosity injury, and there's two Super Bowls. I'm good for the rest of my life. Yeah. So it's kind of harder to be. There's part of me that misses that kind of heart-ticking, mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. palpitation. And it's all, it was all just kind of gravy and house money. It's, it's almost like you laugh. We turn into well, villains. Once you win a Super Bowl, it should be that way. Yeah. You know, Bill Simmons famously had the, the take or whatever that when your team wins a Super Bowl or, or a championship, you forfeit your right to complain for 10 years. I think was his rule. That's a that great line. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I would argue it goes longer than that, you know. Or not. Yeah. 
C complain. You can complain after. T I, I take that back. I do like his rule. You forfeit your right to complain after 10 years. Yeah. Then in 10 years, you can start complaining again. But I would argue that you don't get to, like, woe is me or when are we ever going to win one? If you get one in your fucking yeah. life, yep. be happy. Yeah. And there's two. a lot of people don't. And that game in Buffalo, I was just kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, wow, the Chiefs are just coming out gangbusters, scoring on their first two drives of the second half. Should have taken a 10-point lead. Cool. Uh, the other part of me, w and then oh, uh, Stefan Diggs drops a wide-open yep. bomb to take yep. the lead. Hee-hee. <laughs> 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 a Vikings fan. I, oh, that didn't bother cute? me. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the, the kicker misses. A, it's almost like you expected the kicker to miss the field goal. Yeah, You're kind of like, this right. is the way yeah. it's going, and Buffalo's never had anything in their lives, and really they should be the ones that should be, you know. They weren't as good whatever. this year. I, you know, they, no, they, they, they did plenty. To sh the yeah. Chiefs or the Bills? The Bills. Yeah. You know. They, All these Bills fans that were, like, crying in the crowd. I was like, what did you expect? Yeah. You know, they're not a Super Bowl team. Yeah. So are you latching on Are you latching on to the Lions then now, these last couple uh, weeks? Oh, boy. I, I don't know. Um, went to watch a game with my friend Gail on Sunday. He was a big Lions fan. And I found myself at times rooting for the Buccaneers just because – because fuck the Lions, that's why they're a division rival. You know, I'm not. I don't root for division rivals, um, mm. but there was part of me that was happy for Gale and wanted it to, you know, for that. And uh, as annoying as Stu has been all year, he was at the game, yeah, and posting some stuff. And I was kind of like, all right, like it's kind of hard to not want your friends to get to experience that and see how much genuine fun he was having as a 55 year old guy. You know, I mean, one yeah. thing when you're a kid, but you know, knowing what he has been through and how he represents so many other Lions fans yeah. that you have seen this year. It's really hard not to get swept up in that and 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 want that for certainly your friends, but even people you don't know, just that, that fan base in general. The problem is my fan base is the same. You know, if I was a Red Sox fan, you know, or, or that's a bad example, a Pittsburgh Steelers, Kansas City Chiefs, New England Patriots, some team with lots of NFL championships – it'd be way easier to look at the Lions and go, oh, I hope they get one. Well, I don't have one, so, <laughs> you know, it's a little harder to do that. Yes, because if they get one, then now the Lions did it before the See, Vikings. See, I don't know if I would look at it that way, because okay. one reason I don't get too worked up about the Vikings, too, is the NFL is much more random than the other sports. You know, like, the Twins won a couple World Series, but nowadays that seems a lot tougher, uh, just with the way, you know, baseballs have and have not seem to have gotten further and further apart. The NFL has more parity. There's always this sense that any team in the NFL can catch lightning in a bottle and win a Super Bowl. You know, when I grew up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the laughing stock of the NFL. When my dad grew up, the New Orleans Saints were the laughing stock of the NFL. Those franchises both have championships now. Uh, the Lions don't, and I wow. guess for now, they're the one that's still more pathetic than the Vikings, or however you want to put it. But... Uh, you know, I, I part of me just kind of thinks like, well, either either the Vikings will win one or they won't, because everyone can. We've seen it. Like I know the Browns haven't, the Lions haven't, but I mean, for the most part, if if you're an NFL team, you can have a weird year where everything breaks right and you win a championship. Well, it's like the Red Sox and the Cubs for our whole lives. They were both lovable losers. Mm -hmm. The Cubs more lovable losers. The Red Sox more just in the Yankees shadow, and they uh -huh. just never won the World Series. But I just mean the the Lions. It, it's not that surprising to me. Yeah. Is what is kind of what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's the NFL. Weird things happen. Teams yeah. get good in, like, the Rams with Kurt Warner, how they kind of came. They were a doormat for years. And, yep. uh, you know, he leads them to this brief. They were kind of a mini dynasty. They went from, like, 4-12 and 12 to 12-4 12 and 4 in a year. And then they were good for, like, six, seven straight yep. years. Yep. You know, yep. like, really good. Right. So, you know, 
I always am going to be way more mad at the Vikings for not figuring out a way to do it than I am jealous of the Lions or the Saints or the Buccaneers or whoever else. But is there any part of you that the, the longer it goes, if and when they do win it, that's, that's why I bring back the Cubs, uh-huh. the Red Sox, the Chiefs. All, I mean, I know the Chiefs won it back in 1969, but I wasn't alive. It doesn't count to me. Uh-huh. Uh, those year after year, slip on banana peel, Lucy, Charlie Brown, football snatched away. Don't, don't you think it's going to be sweeter when you win because of all this time no. where you haven't? No, I don't. Only because I'm older now. Okay. If it happened when I was 27, Fair. maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, I've talked about this before on this podcast. Like, I just want the Vikings to make a Super Bowl. I've never just watched a Super Bowl with a rooting interest. And I said that to my dad once, who's old enough to see all four Vikings Super Bowl losses. And he said, hell no. He's like, I don't want to see that again. If they make it back to the Super Bowl, they better win it. I can't take another. I can't take a fifth Super Bowl loss. Now he said that to me several years ago. I kind of think now enough time has passed. It's like you haven't seen one for forty years, dude. Fifty years, whatever it's been. Like, yeah. it would. Wouldn't it be fun to Buckle watch up. the Super Bowl and actually give a shit for once? But um, that to me is almost like to me it's almost just getting there. Yeah. If they get there and lose, I don't think I would take it that hard. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't ever experienced it, yeah. but. I just think the ship has sailed with me ever having it be a a life-changing or life-affirming or, you know, like, I, I just don't think it'll ever impact me that way ever again. Uh, all right. We got about 10 minutes. We, we, we Finally, some basketball to talk about because we had State versus the U hoops, and it was... First of all, do you think it's a shame that they don't do doubleheaders anymore because they had the men in Vermilion, the women in Brookings on Saturday? Well, for the most part, they even when they had doubleheaders, they tried to break up the SDSU-USD game so they could sell two tickets and make more money, which I understand, but it's a little unfortunate. I, nobody likes mirror scheduling. Lots of people like the doubleheaders because you get two for one. It allows you to see both teams uh, as a sort of conduit to the fans as a reporter like yeah I'm like this is bullshit bring back double headers get rid of mirror scheduling but selfishly I kind of like it. it's a lot nicer to only have to sit through one game than two um, but there are also times especially those those NCC rivalries you know when they play the Bison when they play the Ca- yeah having both those games kind of settling in for six hours of basketball and being able to it, the crowds are better the atmosphere is a little better there's a little there's all that sort of excitement as the place gradually fills up throughout the women's game and, and you know, you get that intensity at the end of that game and I miss that. I get why other schools aren't all that interested in it because they'll never be able to recreate what we had here for all those years. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't like the fact that I had to more or less pick a game. Um and I like I said, I, I just don't see I, I don't really see the benefit of mirror scheduling, even though the, the, literally, the one benefit is it, it means less work for me. <laughs> Other yeah. than that, I, I don't see the benefit. Well, you went to the women's game, and the Jacks win. You wrote a column about it. And we haven't talked hoops yet because neither of us have really... First of all, the, the football topics have been so just ripe with intrigue. It never ends. That yeah. just we don't have time yeah. to fit in any early season hoops. Uh, with Kalen DeBoer and, of course, the Jackrabbits to the national title, the way the Yotes played this year uh, and finishing number three in the country. Um, 
And I don't know if Saturday did anything to deter that, like, basketball just isn't that interesting this year with the Jacks and the Yotes and the Summit League, and we're really sorry. We'll probably ramp it up because that's all, all we'll have after these NFL playoffs are over. Um, but it, it, the I guess the takeaway from the weekend starts with the uh, Jackrabbit women. Yeah. There's a lot of things going against them, and yet here they are on top. I really thought they might have had enough adversity, injuries, whatever you want to say. For it to really interrupt their their run here or, or make it a lot harder for them. And I'm not saying that what they're doing right now is coming easy to them. I know it's not. But I, they've managed to impress me, and that's a program that at this point you're like, you know, you know you, 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 it's hard to, for them to impress you at this point because they've been so successful. But, you know, losing Maya Sellen, Peyton Burkhart, and Drew Gilton just going into the season, that's like, holy cow, that's three really, really good players we have to re- replace. Then Haley Timmer, who was one of their best players down the stretch last year, tears her ACL. Then Callie Tyson, the sixth woman of the year, one of their best, you know, sort of hustle players. She tears her ACL. Then their freshman gets hurt. All of a sudden, it's like, I asked Aaron Johnston at one of the, I think it was the first game of the season, press conference. I said, are you going to, like, go through the student body and round up a couple people to join the team just so you have enough players? And people in the room kind of chuckled like I was joking, and I was not. I was like, seriously, you're going to have to forfeit games if you don't have enough players. And uh, AJ was like, he recognized that I it was a serious question. He's like, yeah, no, we got a we got a plan, and that's what they did. They went out and got a they pulled a girl off the softball team, and they pulled a girl who just was a regular student at SDSU, but had been a all state class B player at a uh, Falkton, I think it was. And they hardly ever play, but they, they literally, that's how thin they were from all these injuries and everything else, is they were running out of bodies. Just this week, TCU, uh, TCU's women's basketball team forfeited a couple games because they don't have enough players. That's what could have happened here. That's how dire it was getting. So, A, credit to Aaron Johnson and his staff for just finding two fresh bodies. But then on top of that, um, they're 5-0 and in the Summit League. They've won seven straight games. They all their losses are to ranked teams. Uh, they're really good again. With uh, other than Paige Meyer, who's been really good for a couple of years, this is a completely new cast of characters for the most part. And you got Brooklyn Meyer suddenly playing like the best post in the league. Maddie Matiowicz, who was a, just a backup point guard, is playing great. Again, are, are we surprised? I, I guess not. This is what Aaron Johnston does. But just cycling these new players in, saying, oh, we only have seven scholarship players that are healthy. Eh, whatever, we'll figure it out. They're going to go to the tournament again. That's, that's yeah. really, really incredible. And that might say a lot again that Summit League Women's Hoops is... It does. It does. Big, there doesn't appear to be... Big thumbs down. Uh, you know, certainly there's not that powerful USD program that Don Plitzwhite had there for a couple years. And obviously for the last few years outside of them, there was nobody. Uh, this year, maybe there's a little more depth. Or Roberts looks pretty good. And they play the Jacks on Sunday, so maybe we'll get a, a feel for if there is another contender. NDSU's having a good year. They took a step back last year. It looks like they're now kind of riding the ship there. So um, it, I, I still I, I do think it's fair to say SDSU's probably more vulnerable this year than they have been. They're not as dominant. You don't look at them and go, how are we ever going to beat them? They don't have that Maya Selland that they've had in the past or Macy Miller, whoever. But again, I, I just don't think you can give Aaron Johnston enough credit and his players enough credit, as he has said over and over again, for kind of finding a way to just, first of all, believe they could do it. You know, that's the, probably the toughest part is looking around the locker room and saying, this is our team. We're, we're going to go to the NCAA tournament with this group. Yeah, we are. 
and it looks like they are. So there's two ways I can take that. One, I, I kind of want to address the TCU thing and the fact that the Jacks didn't do what TCU did, which is forfeit. Uh, but I, uh, you mentioned Aaron Johnston. To me, this is just my own theory. Uh, if it's even true, he would never admit this to anybody. But when you look at the history, like uh, he's, he has nothing left to accomplish uh, at SDU. He's even taken them to a Sweet 16, which to me mm-hmm. is like a mountaintop for a mid-major, mm-hmm. um, even though mid-majors in both men's and women's hoops have made the Final Four. So I guess you could say the Final Four is the next mountaintop. But, I mean, really... Um, this is, in, you know, he has nothing left to prove, and at this point, he, he's gonna, he has been, and he'll probably continue to get looked over or not even be considered for jobs. He certainly deserves his resume suggests mm-hmm. he deserves Power Five uh, women's basketball teams that he could probably still uh, you know, take and turn into winners, mm-hmm. uh, the way Don Plitzewhite probably will with the Gophers. Uh, so what is he? And for whatever reason, he he likes Brookings. It's been a good fit. What you have said over and over, like every time the Gophers' job comes up, he's probably not going to get it or even get an interview because he's a man. Mm-hmm. They hire women there, um, and so he's probably content with. He's just a legend at SDSU, and he's still only what fifty? Is he even fifty? I think he's forty-eight or forty-nine. Yeah, now. I mean he's so he's still a relatively young age, and so. Every year has its new challenges. Sometimes people would think you'd get bored doing this because you're always winning your league. What I'm I'm getting at is this might be an extra special fun challenge because USD doesn't have Don or Amy or all those players that they have. And so this, so it's a little extra hard to to. to I see cobble. where you're going with this, and I agree. Yeah, I, I said to someone, "This has got to get him going." The start a of the bit. season, I don't know if I was talking to Jen or, or one of the other reporters up there, but I was like, "I bet," and you're right. I don't think AJ would ever admit this, and I'm not trying to be critical of him in any way. Or anything, this is not but, boring. But yeah, I think he kind of when he realized how how dire it got, I was like, "Oh shit!" I have to literally go comb the student body for healthy athletes. I think he maybe rubbed his hands together a little bit and said, "All right." Okay. Yes, thank you. Let's see how good of a coach I really am. Yes. Can I do this? Can That's I pull it. this off? And he's doing it. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying at all that, you know, he's, you know, that, that like, oh, hey, this is how I want to do it from now on, that, that he's glad that, that players got hurt. Right. Certainly. That's terrible. But I just think, yeah, part of the reason probably they are successful and that speaks to the coach that AJ is that he didn't say, well, shit, you know, and throw his hands up and go, I guess we're not going to be as good this year. Right. I think he was like, hey. I'm all in for this challenge. TCU yeah. is, what were they down to, seven players, eight players? Not enough that they should have forfeited, in exactly. my opinion, but that's their business, Because that's, that's screwing then over They didn't even say they didn't have enough bodies. They just, we don't have enough scholarship athletes. Yeah. Uh, if your walk-ons can't play, then they shouldn't be on the team. Yeah. And you shouldn't be having that. That shouldn't be a roster. Like, that's bullshit. And that's if I was li- the other coach, I'd be like, really? The- like, you, we, we just aren't going to play because you refuse to let your, your walk-ons start a college yeah. basketball game? Yeah. I mean, I... I Rarely, rarely, rarely speak for anyone, let alone Aaron Johnston. But Aaron Johnston will not do that. Yeah, right. You're gonna get go. You might get murdered, but go out there and try because again, it goes back to the those other teams that are losing games and competition. Mm-hmm. And in college hoops, there's still only 30 of them or so, and mm-hmm. that's bullshit. Uh, with the men, uh, the Jack Rabbits hammered the Yotes uh, at the SCSC. SDSU kind of felt like we might be having a down year, and here they are uh, on top of the. On top of the Summit League, right? Uh, Denver, I think, is in first. I think the Jacks are tied with Denver for first, but Denver beat SDSU. They both have one loss, if I'm not mistaken, unless Denver lost another one I didn't know about. Um, It's hard to get a feel for the Summit, how good the teams are. Uh, The Jacks lost a lot of games in non-conference, but they had a tougher non-conference schedule than some people. Um, 
they're playing pretty well right now. Zeke Mayo's playing well. Charlie Easley's playing really well. Uh, William Kyle is becoming one of the best bigs in that league to the point that I'd probably start getting a little nervous if I was a Jacks fan. Um, Luke Apple obviously <laughs> plays well. I mean, they're a pretty a pretty deep team. Uh, Matthew Moore's even is starting. He's still not playing very much, but when he gets in there, he's he's contributing. Um, so I like their team. I think they got a good shot to win the league regular season. Obviously, this year, it, you know, like every year, it, it comes down to the Summit League tournament. Yeah. Um, the Summit as a whole seems to be down, so whoever's winning this league probably we're talking 15 16 yeah. seeds somewhere in there um but uh you know it, it'll be fun to get to Sioux Falls again obviously because that's always fun for SDSU and they do have a veteran team uh you know that, that, that can win that thing yeah well SDSU isn't according to the standings I'm looking at SDSU is in first place by a game over St. Thomas and Denver Jacks are four and one St. Thomas 3-2, and two, Denver 3-2. and two. Oh, I didn't realize Denver had two losses. Uh, so there it is. And NDSU and Omaha are 3-3. Three and three. They're right there. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, UND and Omaha are 3-3. Three and three. NDSU and USD are 2-3. and three. So is KC. And Oral Roberts is just 2-4. and four. So it's it's uh, jammed. It's fun, but you're right. The, 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 the beauty and the unfortunate thing about it all is, is like this could be a fun race uh, for the regular season, but... It's all going to come down to Sioux Falls. As it always does. Just even, always, even in better you know. years, this has always been a one-bid league. Yeah. Uh, but I just think uh, you look at the Summit League, I don't think anyone beat a major conference team in non-conference play this year. The Jacks have a lot of losses already. Like I said, whoever wins that league is probably looking at a really low seed, which means they're probably not going to do anything in the tournament. Sure. We'll get more into it next time. And uh, Say hi to Arthur. Say hi to Jen. I will do that, John. Thanks. Enjoy your weekend. All right. <laughs> By the way, Frost Arena was sold out for that women's game. Not that Frost Arena hasn't been sold out before, but still to have over 4,000 fans for a college women's basketball game in South Dakota, thinly populated state and city of Brookings. That's really cool. And meanwhile, we have a huge event coming to an arena that seats about the same in Sioux Falls on Saturday. Cutting room floor items Zim and I didn't get to today. Augustana Men's Hockey, their Midco Arena debut is on Friday at 7 p.m. Zim will be there to cover it. So at MJ Zimmer on Twitter, follow him. He'll write some sparkling column on SiouxFallsLive.com shortly thereafter. And at 6 o'clock on Saturday, it's game two at Midco Arena for Augustana and Ferris State, which, of course, just makes me think of Ferris Bueller and uh, Cameron just yelling, Ferris! And, uh... The Save Ferris Water Tower sign and Jeannie saying go piss up a flagpole while tossing aside a Pepsi can full of change to raise money for Ferris. Anyway, Ferris State and Augustana Hockey this weekend. Catch it on Midco Sports if you can't be there. Uh, historic night. Uh, I hope to get to the Saturday game. I have a daughter who's playing high school basketball for Viber Curley on Friday. And, um, and uh, otherwise, I, I love big historical opening of venues. It's one of my favorite things to cover and do. So it's going to be just super cool. Congrats to Augie and Augie Men's Hockey. They're 7-12-1 this year, but just 2-5-1 and in their last eight games. And so uh, next week on the podcast, we'll have Zim's thoughts about uh, the, the team in general, but of course the opening of the new arena. And meanwhile, on Sunday, it will be Championship Sunday in the NFL. 2 o'clock, Lions. And the 2 o'clock, Chiefs taking on Two o'clock, Chiefs and Ravens, and then the nightcap is on the West Coast, the Niners and the Detroit Lions, America's new team. That's going to be a ton of fun. 
Gateway Lounge is always going to have something cool for you. All-day twofers on these uh, Sunday NFL playoff games. Last Sunday, they had the $25 pizza and pitcher combo. Not sure what they'll have for this Sunday, but follow them along. Gateway Lounge on Facebook at Gateway SF on Twitter. And meanwhile, the chase for the queen. Remember, chase the ace. That's a fundraising thing uh, for uh, a lot of bars all over the world. Uh, the Gateway Lounge does their chase for the queen because they have Susie Cook, their queen. Uh, popular, wonderful, effervescent, uh, salt-of-the-earth bartender Susie Cook, who uh, served us today. Uh, well, Chase for the Ace is back on Wednesday night. So depending on when you're listening to this uh, podcast, but Wednesday night this week, January the 24th, uh, they're going to add a little update from Susie with her fight. Uh, uh, and so... The Chase the Queen is going to be a thirty-eight grand, one hundred eighty-five dollar pot, thirty-eight thousand one hundred eighty-five for that game. But uh, meanwhile, Susie's update—it's been a while since I posted one. I had my lumpectomy surgery, and with that, they discovered I didn't have a complete response to chemo. It wasn't what I hoped for or expected, but I plan—I have—we have a plan, and I'm confident it will work. I will be doing six more months of a new type of chemo called. Oh boy, I'm not even going to try to pronounce what she just wrote. She'll have uh, radiation and chemo again. I'm going to kill it once and for all, Susie said. You can read more of that update on the Gateway Lounge Facebook page, but Susie is just the best. And uh, Chase the Queen event, fun event for you to uh, help out Susie, but also have some fun, maybe win some dough. And at the Gateway Lounge, uh, every weekday, they're going to have a seven ninety nine lunchtime special. Example, today, while we were taping, biscuits served in sausage gravy with tots and a side of ranch. Uh, chicken noodle or chili was your soup de jour choice. Snickerdoodle cookie comes with that. I mean, just lunch and meals like mom used to make, which comes in even handier and more comfortable comfort food on these uh, cold winter days when it's kind of uh, ugly and slushy and nasty outside. And Gateway Lounge, just a home away from home. No matter if you're watching sports or having lunch or gambling, uh, drinking, uh, it's awesome. And uh, they're about to start a Gateway Lounge 2, a second place. They're a chain, soon to be. They're taking over the old Cherry Creek over there on East 26th Street in Sioux Falls. Good luck to Jackson and his crew. Uh, meanwhile, Pull Tab Sports, PullTabSports.com. It is the upper Midwest version of Barstool Sports or Deadspin uh, tons and tons of entertaining sports content. If you're a hockey head, a, a puck head, as they call them, then you're in luck because they got all st- sorts of things on the wild and the gophers. Uh, we are the flag bearers for Pull Tab Sports in the Dakotas. They decided to branch their sports content, columns and podcasts uh, to the Dakotas, starting with Zim and I as the gateway. Good idea or bad, we are. That's us. And uh, But we're far from the only podcast on their network at PullTabSports.com. They got Wild on 7th, Gopher Puck Live, Vikings Verified. Uh, They've got a Timberwolves podcast called Crunch Wears No Pants. They've got a drinking podcast called Coctology. And uh, the latest thing up as I look at this on Tuesday, PullTabSports.com, Wyatt Flores is the next one. John King, co-owner, publisher, and writer, uh, starts his column with the words, If country music has its Vatican, it would be the Grand Ole Opry at Nashville which is why I took notice when 22-year-old emerging country star Wyatt Flores made his grand old Opry debut this past Saturday night. Hell, I even bought a ticket. Well, technically, my drunk self bought two tickets late one night, probably after too many White Claws. The only problem, I live in Minnesota. 
once I had sorted out this great-to-have uh, problem out, helps that I have a pilot brother who can fly for free, I headed down to Nashville to see the young buck from Stillwater, Oklahoma, take his first turn preaching at country music's biggest church. Full disclosure, I love country music. It's the best of all the music genres, mostly for its words and durability. I've found that dipping into country music is like dipping into, well, tobacco. It might start with that first Copenhagen after a night of drinking that makes you throw up in someone's front yard, but just like tobacco, eventually you'll be addicted to country music because, well, I like it when I'm driving, I like it when I'm golfing, I like it when I'm working, and I like it when I'm just sitting around and doing nothing. Uh, pretty good start to a column. PullTabSports.com. Read John King's latest on, uh, according to him, the next late, uh, the next uh, big thing in country music. That's just an example. It's country music, music, sports, drinks, PullTabSports.com. Follow it on Twitter at PullTabSports. You had enough of me babbling? Me too. I'm tired of myself. Talk to you next week. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. Casino round drinks? Yes.